Happiness Solved with Sandy Scarlatta. Stay tuned for my interview with Sherry Elise. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Happiness Solved. So excited for today's interview. But before I uh, move on to that part of the show, I'm always talking about how life happens, you know, while we're busy making other plans. And there's so many situations that come up in our everyday lives that are so incredibly frustrating. And I had one of those today. And since I've been working remotely and I barely leave my house anymore because of the pandemic, my life has been pretty stress-free. You know, there hasn't been a whole lot of frustrations going on, but I had one of those today. So I live in Virginia and some states do this, some don't, but in Virginia, you have to get a safety inspection every year and they give you a sticker. And if you don't have that sticker, you can get a ticket, you can get pulled over by the police. But every two years, you have to have an emissions test in order to pass the inspection. And when you go to take your car for one of these tests, it's in the system, right? Like now everything is done electronically. So you used to get something in the mail from the Department of Motor Vehicles that would say, hey, before you can renew your license plates and the stickers that go under your license plates, you have to have this safety inspection and emissions test. But we don't get those anymore because everything's done electronically. So last month, my son was heading back to college and his tags and inspection expired the end of January. So I said, you need to go get your car inspected before you go, and I'll get the tags renewed, and I'll mail them to you. He goes to school in Kentucky at the University of Louisville. So I kept bugging and bugging them, and, you know, college kids, they just beat to a tune of their own drum. I finally get, over the weekend, he took a picture of the inspection receipt, Because in order to renew his license plate and his car registration online, I have to have this emissions number. So I'm doing it today and I'm putting in every single number that I can find and I'm going, there's nothing there. So I text my son, but it was probably too early. He probably wasn't even awake yet. So I called the place where he got his inspection and they figured it out. They were very, very helpful, except they're like, oh no, we didn't do an emissions test. I'm like, you know, the steam is starting to now come out of my ears. And I'm like, well, then his car should not have passed inspection if you didn't do an emissions test. So, you know, and he's like, well, sorry, that's on you. And I'm like, I don't agree. You know, I I wanted to use some choice words and I held myself back and I hung up the phone and I'm going, oh my gosh, my son is nine hours away from the state of Virginia. And his tags are now expired and he's driving around Kentucky and he's going to end up getting a ticket. I'm like, how are we going to do this? So anyway, we worked it out. He's going to be visiting a friend in, at a Virginia school that's only six hours away from him next week. So we've got like a week and a half and he's going to go there and get the emissions test and all will be well. But I just, it was just one of those, you know, decisions that I had to make where at any moment I could have just snapped and gone down that rabbit hole into utter frustration. It all worked out, I'm happy to say. Anyway, life happens, right? So my guest today is Sherry Elise. Sherry is known as the Joy Magnet. She's a number one best-selling author, international motivational speaker, self-love coach, and joy expert. 
Sherry has built an online community of over 150,000 followers and has reached over 10 million people. Wow. She has spent her life learning how to love herself completely and now helps people discover their joy by reconnecting them back to themselves through the practice of self-love. We have a, a really great interview ahead, so I hope you enjoy it. She is absolutely delightful to speak with, and I know you're going to really get a lot of value out of this. Hey, Sherry, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Zandy, for asking, for having me here. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate your flexibility and willing to be on my, my new podcast. Really appreciate that. How is it out in LA? I, I know I'm going to be completely envious because it's freezing cold and it's been snowing here for two days. <laughs> okay, well, we definitely don't have snow, but it is a little gloomy today. So if that makes you feel any better, but... <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's my choice to be on the East Coast. So we, we kind of, it's just something we have to live with. But, I'm actually uh, from there originally. Are you really from where? I am. I was born in Miami and my family's from New York. So I did the whole, you know, up and down. And then I moved out to LA about 20 years ago now. Nice. Yeah. I love California. I, but I'm an East Coast girl and I've been in the DC metro area my entire life. So I don't, uh, you know, I would like to be a snowbird. I'd like to <laughs> be a snowbird. And I actually got online today and ordered a trip to Florida at the end of this month because I just have to get away from this cold. <laughs> Well, good for you taking care of yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So I loved the title. I love the title of your most recent book, Love Yourself Happy. And it's such an important topic because my book is it talks a lot about that as well. And I feel like you can't have one without the other. And I know self-love was something for me that I didn't even know I didn't have. You know, like I remember a therapist being like, you know, you really have to work on self-love. I'm like, what is self-love? I didn't even know what it was. I mean, this is like 20 years ago. I was like, what are you talking about? Of course I love myself. You know, and then you start diving in and you realize that, you know, it's it's a big issue for many, many people. So how has your journey, I know in your bio, you talk a little bit about some childhood traumas. Like how did that shape you and getting to the place where you realize that the self-love wasn't there? Hmm. Oh, that's a big journey. Uh, it's it's an ongoing, lifelong one, to be honest. And it's one, you know, that I don't think that there's ever this pinnacle, right? So every single day um, as a self-love coach, and, and I, I practice it every day. So it started, well, let me go back to what you just said. Most people don't know what self-love is, or most people think like, oh, I love myself. But when you really dig into it and you start to become aware of the ways that you speak to yourself, you know, the overly critical mind, the not pushing forward with your own dreams, the the people pleasing, there's so many, there's so many different layers of of how we don't show up for ourselves. Oh my gosh. That we're not even a, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're not even aware of it. And I think it's because we weren't modeled that, you know, we're, we're taught often that it's about, you know, showing up for others and pleasing others, even from the time when we're little kids, which, you know, is, is what started my journey. As you mentioned, you know, I had childhood trauma. I was sexually abused at the age of seven. Oh my God. Yeah. By, a, by a stranger actually. And I prosecuted him. I don't know where that came from, but at seven years old, I knew to tell. And so I told my mother and we went through she called the police and we went through the whole thing. So at seven, I was on a witness stand sharing what happened to me. 
And I learned two things at that young age. And of course, I didn't know that I learned it then. But, you know, as anything, it, it sits within ourselves. And I learned that sharing your truth can change people's lives, that it can help and save people because we found out that he had done this to other girls. Uh, wow. Yeah. So I'm curious about that for a second mm-hmm. because... You know, so much has changed. I mean, I was born in the mid-60s. So my growing up, there was never, I remember once, oh my gosh, I was, it was right before my 10th grade year and I was riding my bike home from the high school. It was like cheerleading practice or something. And I was with my girlfriend and I happened to see this man in a car and I looked in and he was naked and he was masturbating. And I was like, oh, what? And I we ran home and I told her, and she's like, what? And my mom's like, oh no, that you didn't see that. And I was like, oh, okay. And I never thought about it again, right? Mm-hmm. But it was never a thing. But now, fast forward, my son is now 20. That was one of the most terrifying things. Having a little boy was that somebody would molest him. So it was always something that I educated him on, right? Was that something that your mom had even discussed with you or you just innately knew within yourself that this was not right? It was, I don't remember it ever being shared with me. It was 1981. And I always say, you know, it was before Oprah talked about sexual abuse for the first time. It was obviously right. before the Me Too movement and everything. So right. I, I don't know how I innately knew, but I just knew that what he was doing was wrong. I was terrified. And the only thing I remember was just saying, I have to tell you something. And what's crazy about it, though, is he threatened as we left. It was it happened at a beach. He threatened as I left that if I told anybody that he would kill my parents. And again, Sandy, I don't know why I told. I don't I've never still to this day had an explanation as to why I knew to say something. And I was so blessed that my mother believed me. And that people believed me because there's so many, obviously, today who who don't. Right. But there, that also came then with a whole bunch of other stuff, you know. My, of course. My, I mean, even the way though the family treated me and the people, because my mom, you know, she was being trying to be the best mother that she could, and so she was teaching me about, you know, don't be so naive, and you've got to learn. That's when I think I got the stranger talk. You can't just trust everybody and go off. And she was just trying to share and teach me, but I internalized that as that I did something wrong, and so it was my fault. And then my dad, he didn't know how to handle it because I'm his little girl. So the only way he knew was to not talk about it. So we never spoke about it. And so I internalized that as he was ashamed of me. So, so then I grew up with the, this is your fault. And then the people pleasing and the perfectionism and the trying to do everything right. And then of course, also the guilt and the shame around that. And so that those internalizations then became like my, all my relationships in my life, you know, trying to seek people, trying to seek validation, trying to seek love, trying to find people who would love me. Then the, you know, again, like I just mentioned the people pleasing, trying to show up perfectly. So I would be safe and I wouldn't be heard and saying and doing all the right things and getting all my ducks lined up. I mean, there's so many behaviors and patterns that came from that coping mechanisms, you know, trauma responses. So yep. Right. And it it was a life, it feels like a lifetime of I'm still healing. You know, I, I'm way over like 25 years into this healing journey of mine. And I still find in situations like, oh, I see that. I recognize, I know what that is. And just another layer peeled. Right. Well, it's not something, like you said, 
that you just, okay, you fix that within yourself and then you're done. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> because we're human. That's, that's not reality. You know, it's, it's uh, I always, I say, I, I talk about, you know, nothing will be mastered. It's something that you practice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Every day. And I mean, trust me, I wanted to be like, oh, I've learned this. I got it. You know, we move on. But it's like, wow, you think you learned that, huh? <laughs> Here's something else. So what was the catalyst for you as an adult? that you really made you shift and then bring you to where you are today as a self-love coach and Mm. author, you know, and everything else that you're doing. It was actually, so my relationships with men, so I, and and food. So my coping mechanisms were to not deal with my feelings. Of course, I thought that honestly, I thought after I had put the man in jail that I had dealt with it. It was like, you know, close the drawer. We dealt with it, moving on. And when I was, I was engaged in college with my high school sweetheart and he broke my heart. So after we got engaged, I found out he cheated and it was, you know, you're in your early twenties and it was just this devastating blow. And I remember thinking like he was the first person that I ever felt like I truly trusted and that then sent me down a further spiral. And so it was, my, I moved to New York City after college. I'm going to pursue being an actor. And all I was doing was partying. I was drinking a lot, partying with my friends, being promiscuous, like really just numbing out. And food was always like, I had gotten up to 270 pounds. I was just really numbing everything out. And it was years of this continuous cycle within myself where there was this part of me that was like, there's more for you, Sherry. Like I heard that voice. I knew it. It was the same voice that actually told me during my abuse that I would be okay, that you, it was this, this loud voice within. And so there was always this something that was leading me to, you're, you're better than this. You can do this. But then I didn't know how to change my behavior. And I remember... <laughs> there was this guy that I had literally changed myself for. He was vegetarian. And so I went vegetarian for an entire year just to impress him. And the entire year, all I wanted was a Big Mac. And, <laughs> and he still ended up with a, a, he told me he didn't want to have a girlfriend. He just wanted to be friends. Long story short, he ended up finding a girlfriend. And I remember thinking, oh my God, like no matter what you do, and who, how you change and try, like, it's just not enough. And I realized it was, it was the slow progression of, of seeing that no matter what I tried to do for others and who I tried to show up as, that none of it mattered because I wasn't caring and loving myself. So how was I going to expect other people to? And I talk to my best friend and it's funny how someone can say something to you and you don't even re- like it just hits you at the moment it's supposed to and so I was just right. going on and on one night like I don't understand I'm such a good person and why is all this happening to me and he said to me Sherry who do you want to be like what do you see yourself as and I told him you know this confident self-respecting woman and I just listed off this blurb of stuff and he said so just be her and I don't know what it was <laughs> about that moment. I was like, oh, just be her. And the first thing that I knew that a confident and self-respecting woman would do would not return the phone calls and texts from the people who were disrespecting her. And so I just started putting myself in that position and I started weeding out the negative people in my life. 
the people who didn't respect me, the people who weren't supportive of me, the people who didn't treat me kindly. And as I began to weed these people out, you know, I started to feel a little better inside. And then one behavior and and self act of love led to another, to another. So finally, everyone that was surrounding me was amazing. And the only thing left that still wasn't was the way that I was talking to myself and the way Mm -hmm. I was treating myself. So it really just became this journey of reconnecting back to myself, seeing who I was, seeing how I was showing up for myself or not showing up for myself. Wow. Yeah, that's very powerful. And I was when you were saying that, I was thinking, yeah, process of elimination. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's a very powerful story. And I can't even imagine what that must have been like as a seven-year-old little girl. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, it's just interesting because I feel like we all have some sort of trauma in our lives, something that impacts us in a way that we're not always aware of. And of course, sometimes it's like the big traumas, like, you know, the rapes and the molestations and the violence and the, you know, what you would imagine as big trauma. But then there's also, you know, the smaller traumas, the unavailable parents, you know, emotionally unavailable, the the bullying, things like that. And so often we are unaware of the things that really impact us. And I feel like that's when we lose our connection to ourselves. That's when we begin to, you know, in my book, I talk about the journey back to myself because, you know, I feel as kids, we're like these open, beautiful, joyful, creative, trusting, vulnerable children. And whenever something happens to us, when we are in that open state, we learn the message that we get is, you know, being trusting and being vulnerable is not okay. You get hurt. And I believe that's when we close ourselves off. And then we turn away from ourselves and we spend a lifetime trying to avoid that. And we realize we're so disconnected and we're seeking this validation and this love from everybody or from accomplishments, from achievements, from health, from whatever, social media, whatever that is. And so we finally realize that no matter what it is that you do and where you run to, it's still never going to be enough because you are disconnected from yourself. So I feel like we spend a lifetime trying to end up finding our ways, our way back to ourselves. Yes, 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 yes. That is so true. And um, yeah, yeah, amazing. So you work with your clients on helping them get back to their self-love and, and, and peeling those layers. What is the number one pushback that you hear? from your clients, you know, when you're, when you're introducing them to self-love and maybe asking them questions and, you know, helping them figure it out. Is, is there like a number one pushback that you hear? And, and if so, how do you respond to that? Well, at the end of the day for everyone, it always comes down to the butt is, is their worthiness. Hmm. So it's interesting to do. <laughs> it's interesting to get clients in the first place. I'm going to be totally transparent and honest because people with self-worth issues don't think that they're worth the work. Like they're not worth investing in themselves or no matter what they do, everything's always going to go wrong. It always feels like that it doesn't matter how much that they do, that there's still like this other shoe that's going to drop. You know, there's there's someone still going to disappoint them or they're just not going to be able to do it. So it's a tricky thing working with people with self-love because you first got to get them to show up and trust, trust that this process is going to work, trust that they're worth the time. And 
for me, it's and and the work that I do with them is is first getting them to just notice and understand where these thoughts and beliefs come from. And then the biggest work with them is then, you know, the compassion, the self-compassion, uh, understanding and forgiving themselves for all the ways that they feel like they have let themselves down. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So um, in terms of, let's see, I see you, you started the wellness uni- universe. I, I'm familiar with that, but just for everybody else, you founded this wellness universe in 2013. Tell me more about that and how people can benefit from that tool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it, just so you know, last year I actually stepped away as oh. the active co-founder, but I'd love to still share about it because it is part of my own self-love journey. And, and as I mentioned, the work that I continue to do with myself or uh, on myself is in 2013, uh, my business partner at the time had approached me about this idea and it's an amazing organization. You know, there's so many people who are doing such life-changing work in the world and people need to be able to have accessibility to these resources, healers, coaches, therapists, you know, an entire platform just filled with world changers as we call them. And so she approached me about this idea. And at the time, I was at a standstill in my life. I didn't understand the direction I was in. And so I said to the universe, to God, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to say yes to anything because at this point, I feel like (laughs) that I'm blocking myself. So she came to me with this idea about building this technology platform and all of this. And to be totally honest, in that moment, it didn't excite me in a way that I understand my intuition and soul now. But I also knew to say yes. I trusted that enough. And so I said, yes. And so we built this amazing platform with, you know, 3,500 members who are all using their gifts to change the world. But in 2018, 19-ish, I started feeling this tugging inside that was like, this is not using your personal gifts and your passion to its greatest potential. But I was holding on because, and this is where I said, we still have this work that we go through with ourselves and this healing. I didn't want to, I built this amazing business with my partner and I didn't want to disappoint her. I didn't, you know, I felt committed and loyal. And so I kept holding on and holding on. Plus I believed so wholeheartedly in the mission of it. But I started to get started to get physically ill. I started feeling anxiety, which I had never really felt before. So long story short, I finally said, I can't do this anymore. I need to go to fully commit to what it is that I'm here to do. And so her and I had to have the talk and I walked away from it, but it's still such an amazing organization. But that was an act of self-love for myself that right on the brink of it really taking off, you know, seven years of building it to step away from something like that because you believe so much in yourself and who you are and what you're here to do. So yeah, that was... So now I've stepped away, but you know, we're still, I still support it. I still show up for it. I still talk about it and I'm still part of it. That's amazing. And thank you for sharing all of that because I, I feel like, you know, life happens while we're busy making other plans. And sometimes mm-hmm. you do have to shift. I was telling you my whole, my whole world shifted just by going through a divorce Yeah, and, and my path was diverted and now I'm getting back onto that path. <laughs> you know? But yeah, it's good for you. That's incredible. Yeah. And it's really about listening. Like you said, you know, like really 
being present and, and really listening internally to see where you're being guided. And then most importantly, trusting that voice, that intuition. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So tell me about your, a new talk show that you've started called Heart to Heart. Yes, I'm so excited about this. So as I said, you know, I went to college for theater. I don't know if I mentioned that, but I said I moved to New York City to be an actress. Like, so there's always been since I was a very young girl, this actor in me. So I've always been in entertainment. I love being on camera. I love talking to people. And as I began my healing journey, what I realized is that I actually enjoyed being me more so than playing a character. So I began to shift in sharing the messages of inspiration more so than acting. So that's how I became a motivational speaker. And, you know, I, I then really was diving into the wellness universe and into coaching and everything. But I've always had Oprah changed my life. And I've always had this dream of, you know, being the next Oprah, but Sherry. And uh, <laughs> so uh, at the end of last year, I approached a few people because after 2020, <laughs> <laughs> and the interesting year that was uh, between so much, between obviously the pandemic, between the political divide, racial injustice, all that. I really saw clearly how there were so many conversations that were not being had, like honest ones. Yep. Seeing all the stuff that was rising within people, I knew that we needed to have a space where we were having these uncomfortable conversations. I started getting really active in the Black Lives Matter movement that came out of last year for me. And really just wanting to for us to, to be able to have conversations where we respected one another, where we were able to hear one another's viewpoints. And so just combining that with the talk show, I approached my friend, my uh, co-executive producer, and I said, hey, listen, I have this idea for a show uh, and called it Heart to Heart. And not only is it about important conversations, but it's about what the audience wants to hear. So we are not actually choosing the show topics. We are having the audience choose it. And there's four of us. And it's like a view. But I always say it's with the twist because we don't find out until that day's episode what the show is going to be about. Nice. Yeah. So has any of them aired? And, and where can people find this? Yes. Yeah, so we were, we just finished the fourth episode. And so now we're getting into the meat of it. This, um, it airs on Wednesdays on Facebook and on YouTube. It's called the heart to heart talk show. And, uh, it airs, like I said, every Wednesday at 2 PM, 11 a 2 PM Eastern, 11 AM Pacific. And for the first four weeks, we just did a little, instead of the show topic, we did a little montage or a feature of each host. So you get to know a little bit about us and talking about current events. So actually starting, this coming week, we will be airing the first of the audience show topics. Nice. So, so what what do you think some of these topics are going to be about? Do you have any <laughs> idea? Like, what are, what are you guys talking about? What you think they may be? <laughs> so, some things that we've gotten lots of questions because we ask people to submit questions to our email, and then we randomly choose. So, we've gotten things from you know a lot of women that are wanting us to talk about menopause, which is interesting because I have two men as co-hosts, and they were like, <laughs> "I don't know what to talk about." I'm like, "Well, that's a conversation in and of itself. Why don't we understand each other? You know, as men and women, a little bit more." So, menopause and depression. We've gotten uh, questions about you know people who are a little nosy and inquire into your life, you know, like, why don't you have children? We've had topics about racism. We've had mental illness. Specifically, we have a question about, you know, how do you make exercise feel like uh, not such a chore and more of like medicine? I mean, it's all over the place. How do you stay joyful? So 
it's uh it's going to be a full of a, a full gamut of topics. That's really great. I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna tune in this week. Awesome! For Thank sure. you. For yeah, sure. I'm super excited about it. Wow. So, any other books on the horizon for you? <laughs> well, I wanted there to be. That was. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna write another book. I already had the intention, and then 2020 came, and I was like, oh, perfect time to write. But nothing came out. Uh, but I do have the title of it, and uh, so I, I can give that away, even though I only have the introduction written. But it will come. Of course and it's it called, yeah, it's called Joy Hunting, The Gifts Hidden Behind the Disguise. Nice. I love that. Joy Thank Hunting. You. That is, yeah. that's, that's really great. It's going to, you know, it, it's going to come to you when you least expect it. And uh, for me anyway, I'm, I'm a writer that it has to be inspired. Yep. <laughs> and you can't have a lot of stuff going on in your life. You know, I feel like, you know, if you have a lot of, of, uh, clutter in your mind, it blocks you from any creativity. Absolutely. Um, and that's probably the case for most people. I, I only know my own personal experiences, but uh, but yeah, well, that's great. Anything else you want to share with the audience today? I think as far as whenever I, I speak to anybody, whether, you know, it's speaking it, you know, on stage or just individually with clients is really just to be kind to yourself to offer yourself grace and compassion. We're all just trying to figure our way out here and we're all just trying to do our best. And the best way that I know how to show up for myself is to create a safe and a loving inner world within. And that means that when pandemics rise or you know political divide, as I said, racial injustice, no matter what's happening in the external world, if you've created that space within where you trust yourself, and you know you'll always be there for yourself, then while things might be challenging, you can still be the center, the eye in the calm of the storm. So just just offer yourself the grace, compassion, and kindness. I love that. That is absolutely so important and great, great, great advice, Sherry. Thank you so much. It was just such a, a pleasure and an honor to speak with you today. You have so many exciting things going on, and I wish you the best. Thank you so much. All right. Take care, Sherry. Wow. I completely loved speaking with Sherry. She has not only just such a great energy, her story is amazing. She's got such courage. And wow, so much to offer so many people. You can find Sherry on her website, which is SherryElise.com. That is S-H-A-R-I-A-L-Y-S-E.com. On Facebook, it's Sharing with Sherry. Instagram, Sherry Elise. YouTube channel is Sherry Elise as well. Her Heart to Heart show that airs every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, and that's on Facebook. You can learn more about that at the website, which is hearttoheartshow.com. And you can find her book, Love Yourself Happy, on Amazon.com. So thank you so much for listening. Please visit my website at sandyscarlotta.com for more information on my book, Happiness Solved, Climbing 100 Steps, which is available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. I also invite you to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Coach Sandy Scarlotta. And you can also visit my YouTube channel, which is also called Happiness Solved. So thank you again for listening today. I hope that you stay healthy and safe and that your life is filled with so much joy, peace, 
happiness, and of course, self-love. Take care, everyone.